7: Bring in the new year with Rubik's Groove, your outside of the box, totally 80s, 90s, and odds dance party band. Go to the Mulehouse.com for more information and tickets.
3: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Bueno, 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 bueno.
9: It's our last show till uh, Christmas, so we're kind of fired up folks prepared today for that. Not gonna lie to you. Pretty pump, pretty pump in the house over here as we're live on your TV show. Let me turn my video on, but let me bring uh, Bino Jeff Henderson, who guest blogged today. He and Orange Throat and Brian Hartman kind of dominated the blog today. You guys sort of, uh, you guys sort of carried the day. Bino Jeff, how I'm do you please? Any
8: more, Tony? I'm 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 pretty tough to be.
9: You're pretty outstanding when you decide to dominate the blog. <laughs> pretty outstanding, Star. So we're going to get into this uh, Josh Heupel thing. Br- Bino, uh, if you want to go over to um, tclub.team tea and check out our blog today, Bino has asked some what I think are some pretty interesting questions um, regarding Josh Heupel. What you thought about him. And now that we've seen him for three seasons. And he goes through what he initially thought. And then he gets into what he kind of thinks now. So we'll do that. Also, Orange Throat has some great stuff up today. Tennessee continues to add to their recruiting hall. And um, Walker goes into the portal today. And so the Vols are going to have a fresh... Whether they want to or not, a fresh brand new secondary bean star, whether they want to or not, they got no choice against Iowa. They can't can't play the veterans now
10: when they're all wearing different uniforms yeah, now. Some, some wants to see a new quarterback, but it looks like we are going to see a new secondary. That's right. Isn't it so strange,
8: Tony? If those guys stay out there and play and play and play right? over the course of these last several years. Right. When really it didn't look like that they were had SEC level ability, right? Uh, and then all of a sudden they all just transfer at once. I mean, why wouldn't they just stay? It looks like they've got a position <laughs> locked up. I, that's that's strange to me. I'm glad they're moving on, but it's strange to me. Well, what was the old OJ's tune?
9: And then Pink Floyd sung about it, "Little Money."
10: Well. What happened somebody's was somebody's actually going to give them a lot of money.
9: What happened was those guys went to the staff and said, "Hey, we found out what you paid these young kids," and the staff said, "Yeah, well, we won ours." And the staff said, "But I mean, you guys are you guys are just guys. I mean, if you think you can go get some money, go get it." Yeah, but we're just guys. We're just guys. Why are we playing ahead of these guys? And I'm over there. I Probably Josh, well, probably Josh
8: Heupel's thinking aisle terms.
9: Well, probably Josh Hypel's thinking that's a really good question. Why were you playing ahead of those guys? Because they didn't pay those guys. They basically told every one of them, uh, "Go out there and do your thing. Go test the market." And to a couple of them, they flat out encouraged to go. I think it's a great thing because no more safety blankets. I think the only guy left now is Judy Lally. I I was talking with Portal Dave about it today. We were making our list and checking it twice. I mean, there's like five or six of those guys that have gone. It's like a almost like a purge, which is not a bad thing by the way. Are you excited to talk about your hypo thing today, Bean Star and get into it?
8: Yeah, I I just it, it happened to be something I was thinking about Tony about my I thought when we uh when we heard of Hippel's hiring and the questions I had then and and what questions have been answered and which ones have not and new ones that have come up. So do, do you, you think know, it'll I, be I
9: Yeah, do you think it'll be better than last night's second half of that basketball game being star?
8: I would hope so, Tony. If it's not I I need to never write on there again. Well, your report was terrific.
9: But I just mean the delivery today, the way we execute it today on the air, because our basketball falls. And Brian, thank you last night for uh, doing Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime. They're now off like 13 days. You talk about a rough watch. That was a rough watch. I understand the Vols are going to bring a couple more guys in out of the portal and one of whom's a wide receiver. It's led to some speculation as to who that could be, but Tennessee continues to try to add on. And I think they need to. My, my message all week, and they got the Brazil guy, which is great. My message is keep adding on. You got the money. Keep adding on. Hustle a little bit. You got the funds. You got a great young quarterback.
8: No I really like uh, yeah, I really like the additions from this week, Tony. Yes, I, I, uh, we've you know in the last two weeks we've added four pieces that uh, I think are really solid. But uh, I, yeah, I, I, there's there's nothing wrong with continuing in that direction. No way, you got the money. You got the money. The fans have the interest. Uh,
9: go for it. Can't stand still. You're, you're in a league of people that are not going to stand still. But we'll get into that. I, I really want to get into the uh, situation with Heipel, thoughts on him. The first order of business is really interesting, and that's this, um, this Florida State question that I want to get into with Huguenen and what he's hearing from his sources. They're having an emergency meeting today. Look, they've been agitating for years. The ACC is about to fall apart. Is what's going to happen, right? That that is what's going to happen.
8: It it certainly looks like it, Tony. And the more this thing goes along, uh, the more I the more I think about what Chip Kelly said. What? Why in the world did they destroy all of these conferences? Uh, and all of it was about football. Why didn't they just? Instead of being half pregnant, go have a 60-14 Super League, set it up regionally, uh, and let everybody else stay in the conference they were in and play every other sport. Amen. It makes no sense.
9: No, it makes zero sense. No,
8: no. Now you can't put the toothpaste back into two. Nope. Now, now these conferences are gone. What other sports are going to do in the future is... Is I I
9: don't know. It's just confusing. Be kind of a unless you wanted to see the whole country, it'd be kind of a horrendous time to be a college athlete at the D one level. So, um, where would Florida State go? It's a great question. What do you think? Hughie's going to say? My prediction is the Big Twelve or the or the. Or the Big Ten? I, I think the Big Twelve would be more likely than I, the Big Ten. I don't think. Well, the Big Ten was agitating for him before, if you remember, and I think they would like to get a little something going in Florida. A little something, something. Even going though in they the do Florida. Have,
10: they're not like an accredited academic union, to whatever that is. What the hell do they care? You think Oregon's a good school? That's all. That's all. Uh,
9: you're 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 thinking of back in the day, Bry. It's a super league. It's about. It's about television and eyeballs and brands. I don't care about that academic crap. You don't buy that, do you? Come on, mine. I mean, you really think, I mean, seriously, you think Michigan cares about their academics up there with what they're doing in football right now? I know there's, I'm a Michigan man. uh, I'm a Michigan man. Hey, listen, you're, you're no different. You're no different than anybody else. None of you are any different than anybody. Music man, you people cheated. You got you got you got a couple of uh, 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 you got cheating and recruiting a couple days ago. Slapped on the wrist for that. You were filming everybody pictures at eleven. I mean, what are you
10: kidding me? And you're gonna say academics? You got to be kidding, Brian. Come on, Mike. Well, it's it's all it's gonna cost them. They say five hundred and seventy-two million leave the sad
9: thing is and the amazing thing is that's just a drop in the bucket and that incredible being of the 500 so the half a billion dollars is a drop in the bucket it's tennessee's um that is basically tennessee's athletic budget over two years that's what this thing is metastasized to you look behind tennessee's bench in basketball you you, you need a cook to feed half an army You ever look behind the bench, Bino? Used to have three assistants. They got like thirty guys now. What are they all doing? And can any of them shoot in the second half? Can any of those guys shoot a basketball in the second half?
8: Yeah, they're all operations now.
9: Bino's Bino's gone in and out. Let's let's do this. We come back on the other side. We're going to visit and break it down scientifically. Mike Huguenin is going to join us, then Watson Brown. Then we're going to do our Hypo Summit and get some calls in, and we're going to do our thing with you on a Friday. Merry Christmas to you if you're out traveling. If you're traveling around the highways and byways, please be careful. Love you. Appreciate you. We come back with more. Hugh, I gotta to talk to Hughie because he's a degenerate. There's some there's some bowl games as well this weekend. This Florida State thing's a very interesting front burner issue. More after this.
11: This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
3: Alert, alert!
0: Hi, it's Terry from Tillis Jewelry. Our customers know us for our one-of-a-kind custom jewelry. And this year, we've outdone ourselves with the TJ Collection Christmas Edition. Feast your eyes on the deco line, featuring a modern twist on the lovely art deco style. You won't be disappointed. We guarantee you'll love everything about the TJ Christmas Edition. Stop by Tillis Jewelry on Columbia Square, where the best surprises come in small, beautifully wrapped packages. Happy Holidays from Tillis Jewelry.
14: need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free.
15: Call the happy face truck today.
7: Elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Cato Bar, VHO, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com.
15: This is Big Lou
6: Maddox,
1: and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
9: I do this thing where, uh, and that's why we have a little dead air from time to time. I'm in here by myself on a on a, on a Friday, breaking it down scientifically, and I get to talking with my guests. And we get to trade in information, you know. Or speculation, or whatever it is. I mean, I'm gonna sit there and act like I got anything to add to the conversation. But the Mike, the great Mike Huguenin joins us on this beautiful Friday, and Hugie. First of all, my best at this holiday season, you and your family. And uh, it's always good to have you on. And you're one of the great blessings uh, that we have throughout the year as you appear on the TLD Logistics Hotline. And top of the day to you. I hope you're well, brother.
16: Actually, no. <clears> or <throat> my, my, my wife and I are both sick.
9: It's, Son of a biscuit. I don't biscuit. know
16: what's going around. At least it's not COVID. But, uh,
9: Son of a biscuit.
16: It's bad. Yeah, right. But um, this is an interesting month if you're a college sports fan. Obviously, college basketball. Some big time non conference games have been played. handful of conference games, and then college football. You got bowls. You got prep for the playoffs. Yep. You got the portal in full swing, and you got uh, early signing period started two days ago. So, if your your favorite college football coach, whichever one it is, is earning his money in December, which has become the most important month on the
9: college football calendar, weirdly enough. And Saban the other day said, "I love it." He's such a sicko. He was asked about how it all overlays each other, and you know, you've got the transfer portal and the signing day, and and then you're preparing for a playoff. And he said, "I love it." Because our organization is built for it. That's basically what he said. And Saban's a sick individual if he loves us.
16: Yeah, I think you have to have a a quirk in your personality. Because the then again, Alabama is sort of a well-oiled machine. Um, You know, if you're Florida, if you're Texas A and M, to use two specific SEC teams, Florida has underachieved on the field the last two years. Its recruiting class fell apart. And then you got Mike Elko at Texas A and a new coach. Um, guys going into the portal left and right. Um, you're you trying to put your recruiting class together. Um, it, it's just a lot of weird stuff going on for, for coaches. And generally, I think yeah, if you're like a Saban, if you're like a Ryan Day, a Harbaugh, um, Kyle Whittingham at Utah, mm-hmm. you're used to this to an extent. You're just adding one layer in the, the portal layer, which has been recent, but. Um, the fact that the portal window is open at the same time as the recruiting classes are coming together, I think the early signing period's going to be moved to truly early, like in July or August, because that takes one huge thing off a coach's plate. Um, they, they were, you know, they they were upset before with the emphasis on February, but I think now the way the portal is, they're fine with the the signing day being in February, the early signing period being in August, because at least you got a handful of guys out of the way. Um, the way it is now, it's 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 incredibly difficult for a coach, but they are extremely well paid, um, and these organizations have a lot of people in them. So you know, the, it, it, that, that it don't don't you know don't be worried about oh my god, they're being overworked, that kind of stuff. And, but I think taking one thing off a coach's plate. I think coaches want the early signing period truly to be early in July
9: or August. Great Mike Hugan and's got uh, sort of a sexy timber in his yeah, voice, today, you you you, you're, you're, voice today if you will. You 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 Yeah, you're checking for love. Man, you sound like uh Isaac Hayes or something back in the day, back oh, in man, Memphis, the old That would be way cool. I know, right. Um we got an 18-year-old kid that calls us from Jacksonville, named Zakai kid's got the pipes of like an eye and he didn't even know who Isaac Hayes is and I'm like dude you just have no idea how great your voice is but anyway let's talk about playmakers here because playmakers are welcome and they're what the modern game's all about and Tennessee got a guy yesterday out of Tulane uh this Chris Brazell what can you tell me you being the degenerate that you are knows everything about everybody what is your opinion on Brazell and what he will bring to this level
16: Solid, solid pickup. I don't think he's necessarily a number one receiver, but he's certainly a number two or number three. Extremely good size, 6'5", about 200. Uh, led Tulane in receptions this year as a redshirt freshman. Uh, a little raw coming out of West Texas as a true freshman, which is one reason he ended up at Tulane. So, Tulane. Um, but a guy that's 6'5", 200, um, has proven ability to get deep, um, can high point the ball at six five which is impressive that that is a nice pickup again I don't think he's an elite receiver but if he's your number two or three guy that that's a, this is a solid pickup and I think the problem with the portal, just like the problem with recruiting, everybody look, I' never heard of that guy you know he's well, you know he was a he was a three star in high school how good can he really be? well, you know put on the game tape of what he did in college and you realize this guy is somewhat polished already so, Instead of counting on a 19-year-old freshman to be productive right away, you're counting on a 20-year-old third-year sophomore. And the experience level is gigantic. So um, it's it's a really nice pickup. Again, I don't think he's not a not a number one receiver, but he is a good player who's going to be quite productive, I think, for Tennessee. I think he had... 44 or 45 catches mid 40s for Tulane yeah and I would think that's a legit target for him next year if not even a few more um, Tulane had a good quarterback um, in, in Michael Pratt but he didn't play every game because he was hurt so he, he's you know he's used to different quarterbacks um, he is a Texas kid so you you know he played relatively good high school competition so there's a lot of things to like about a guy who's six65 about 200 and had 44 catches
9: he- you kind of surprised me a little bit because I, I think the the fan expectation is that he's going to come in and be that playmaker for the Vols, uh, sort of the take the top off the defense guy. Can well, he do he can, can he do I, that?
16: I, yeah, but not to the extent that Hyatt and Tillman did. I don't think he's as talented as those guys. But he did average. I'm, I'm looking it up now. He averaged 16 yards a catch at Tulane. That that's that's good numbers on 44 catches. So maybe I am underselling him a teeny bit, but I, I still don't think he's a, you know, he's he's not a Tillman or a Hyatt. I don't think he's an 80 or 90 catch guy, but I think he is a solid number two or number three. And, he, yeah, he, he probably should be expected to catch 50 or 60 balls next year um, unless he gets hurt or something. But it, it, it's a really good pickup. And, you know, it's like, well, I think people, again, he, he's, he's not a five-star you know, he's not the number one receiver in the portal. So what? He's good. And I think there's too much focus sometimes on people ranking the portal who have zero idea of some of these dudes. So um, I think Chris Brazell is a good college football player. I think he'll be a
9: productive SEC receiver. Which is uh, the point. I think that. You
16: you can he will start for Tennessee
9: next year. M-A. The point is get better. You know, awesome. like like well, they they've got four commitments right now out of the portal, including a kid out of Middle Tennessee that nobody's ever heard of, uh, a safety who they think is going to play. Uh, and the idea is m- from portal season to the end of it, make your team better. And right. so far, you know, Tennessee's had a lot of attrition with. Uh, veteran db's walking out the door and and this that and the other which is kind of a good thing as bad as our secondary was and you add a kid like this tell me this this uh Stewart guy from texas A&M is a and a high ticket guy that i think tennessee has their eyes on now whether they can get home with him who knows is he that elite type guy that that's a real uh needle mover in your mind
16: you're talking, oh, talking about Evan
9: Stewart. Yes, mm-hmm. whose who's family is originally from Tennessee. He,
16: is, he has elite wide receiver traits. Um, he flashes, he, but he's not consistent. Um, he certainly appears to be the kind of guy that team would say, okay, he's our number one receiver. But he was not always consistent at Texas A&M. Is that his fault? Was that the coaches? Was that the offense? That's the question. He, he was a five-star recruit, uh, played in the Dallas Metroplex, which is, if it's not the best high school football in the country, it's top three areas, I think, uh, Southern California. Um, the top four, because I think Houston, Dallas area, South Florida, and, and Southern California are the four best. So he, he comes highly regarded, um, highly recommended by all the, you know, the prep scouts, all that kind of stuff. I think though if you look at what he did at Texas A&M you saw flashes of this guy is awesome but you also saw flashes of what is he doing how did he why did did he even know the route he was supposed to be running so the the lack of consistency uh is somewhat problematic but he has the skill set unquestionably to be an 80 catch guy um and average 15 16 17 yards a catch he is he is an elite talent whether he puts it all together is the question
9: Bino Jeff Henderson, jump in here with the great Mike Huganen. You bow your head when he answers the bell, sick as he is on a Friday. I respect that on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Man,
8: how bad do I sound? I don't
16: you sound
9: next level, dude. You sound unbelievable.
8: Go ahead, Bino. Yeah, you sound great, Mike. I uh, hope you get to feeling better than your wife as well, and Merry Christmas to you. Appreciate you being on here so close to Christmas. Uh, we've been uh, bandying back and forth something that Chip Kelly brought up, and it it struck a chord with me because I think he's spot on. He basically said that what should have been done is, rather than tear up all these conferences just for football, that they should have gone ahead and put together that 64-team super football conference that's regionally based in in four areas of the country and leave the conferences alone and let everyone else play sports in those conferences like they always have.
16: Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's eventually going to happen. Um, The problem will be that everything has been torn asunder, And I think 64 is too many. Um, I don't think the networks, in talking to folks in and around college sports, networks don't care about showing Oregon State and Washington State. They don't care about showing Mississippi State and Vandy. They don't care about showing Rutgers and Indiana. So I think it's more a case of it would be 40 to 48 maybe. Um, but you're right. It would be football is treated differently inside and outside college sports. So why are you messing with your women's soccer team, even your basketball team? Because, you know, basketball teams play two games a week. So if you're UCLA hoops or Rutgers hoops going forward, we're making a West Coast trip. That's ridiculous. Football, it's only once a week. I think it's... it's you, you can get around it it's going to be difficult but but the, the, the other sports everything other than football it's, it's a gigantic burden and chip Kelly's right and I again it goes back to there's the for a which are, we're talking about college athletics so you tend to think of people involved in college athletics in some shape or form it's it's it involves academicians these dudes have been stupid for 40 years I mean not not slow to react, not a little bit a little bit behind. They've been stupid. That's why NIL is the mess that it's that it is. That's why the transfer portal has caused such consternation. It took so long for obvious things to be done that college sports has been run by stupid people for four decades, maybe even longer. So that, that what Chip Kelly's talking about is going to come to fruition question is, is it within the next 10 years or within the next 20? And then what do you do with all the other sports? Then I think, yeah. You know, something we're better off with every sport but football being geographically based, and everything changes back then. But you're right, they've they've basically muddled things up so badly that the next 10 to 20 to 25 years are going to be an absolute I can't say the phrase, but it's going to be difficult for fans to keep up with and it's going to be difficult for players to handle
10: it's chaos and anarchy I, you know go ahead Brian. how many how many football coaches do you think would come out like chip kelly did and actually show concern for the other sports the lesser sports the, the lesser revenue sports none none
16: let's get serious if if i'm a coach at i don't want to pick on a team but Okay, let's just use Tulane because we were talking about Chris Brazil earlier. And Tulane's got a new coach. Uh, if if I'm the new coach at John Sumrell, the new coach at Tulane, I'm worried I'm more worried about I'm not gonna be one of the forty or whatever. I don't really care about everybody's basketball teams. I'm worried about my football team. And I think that's the I, I think you'll get lip service about other sports, but for the most part, football coaches are worried about football. They're not worried about basketball or softball or gymnastics or tennis even those might, those might be the best programs on campus, they're worried only about football. And, um, you know, I, I do think that college football coaches, well, you know, if, if you're a coach at, you know, if you're James Franklin, I'm sure you're thinking, man, it, it sure is going to be difficult for our uh, women's field hockey team. And then that's that's all he thinks about. Again, I'm not picking on Franklin. I think every football coach is hyper-focused on his program and everything else be damned.
9: Great, Mike, you to join in. Hugie, what do you make of this Florida State having a meeting today, showing the solidarity, agitating that they're going to jump and set the wheels in motion because they didn't get any backing from Boo Corrigan, and now they're boo-hoo-hooing? Talk to me. Yeah,
17: they're, they're
16: mad about Jim Phillips, not Boo Corrigan. Um, yes. But, you know, I, the movie network was on uh, last week, and I watched it. You know, the I'm mad as hell, I'm not going to take it anymore. Um, And I think that's what Florida State folks are doing. They're shouting, we're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. The problem is, I think, to an extent, they're yelling into a vacuum. Um, The the grant of rights deal, that's been hyper-focused on for the last two or three years. It certainly appears to be unbreakable. Um, If FSU wants to pay to get out of it, that's fine. But then you're also giving up your TV revenue through 2036. I don't know how a program can... Um, financially, I mean, you're, you're unstable financially if you don't have TV money coming in. So, plus, there's also the question of who wants them. because yeah, I think on the face of it, sure, it's a good program, and it's a good athletic program. They're really good in softball, phenomenal women's soccer, good track program. Basketball's had modicum of success. Baseball generally is really good, but it's all about football. Um, and if you're talking about joining the Big Ten or SEC, I don't think the SEC wants them because I think Florida would be against them joining. So let's let's focus on the Big Ten here. you focus on the Big Ten. Hey, we get a footprint in the state of Florida. Then you got to go to Fox and say, okay, uh, we're going to bring in two more teams, which means you got to pony up 110 million more dollars annually. I think Fox might say, you know, something we ain't doing that. So. Um, Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe there's been backroom machinations already um, and that would make the Big Ten be, what, a 20-team league or 22-team league or something? And you can't bring in one team. you got to bring in two. So um, I, I understand FSU's frustrations. I understand Clemson's frustrations, all that kind of stuff. But I still think and talk with people in and around college athletics. North Carolina is a school that... Every conference wants, because that would give you entree that UNC is the sports team in the state of North Carolina. They're bigger than the Panthers, or not the Panthers, the Hurricanes. They're bigger than the Hornets. They're bigger than the Panthers. They are the preeminent sports program in the entire state, which is extremely rare for a college team to be that. Um, it's like being in Alabama or Mississippi when the college is the number one thing, even when there, there's no pro teams in those, sports, in those states, obviously, but UNC is different. So they, they have tremendous value, but again, I don't know if their value would would cause a network to pony up $100 million plus, because you got to bring in two, $100 million plus to bring in two new teams. I, I, I don't know, because you're certainly the slice of the pie each school in the league already is, is getting is certainly not going to get any smaller because you, you don't want anybody coming in taking part of your money. So I, I don't know if there's that much more money out there for
8: Florida State. Mike, Back, uh, backing up again to this uh, to this super conference m- model, when when you do that, how do you get around the Greg Sankey's of the world that are running these huge fiefdoms Known as the SEC and the Big Ten, what you just make them regional commissioners and get them the heck out of the way where they can that's, keep making money. That's,
16: that is, I think, a facet of this that's overlooked. Because even if you're Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, Brett Yormark, the the Big the Big Twelve commissioner, what is your role going forward? Um, and maybe one of those guys, it wouldn't it wouldn't be Jim Phillips. Uh, It wouldn't be Tony Petiti in the Big Ten either, I don't think, because he hasn't been on the job very long. Maybe one of those guys becomes the college football czar. It it is going to be interesting to see how all this is handled. But, again, I think so much focus is on the group of five. You know, they're going to get left behind. Stop focusing on those schools. There's there's two prime examples already, Washington State and Oregon State. They were in the Pac-12. They've been in the Pac-12 for decades. And then when everything broke, oh, see you guys later. We don't care what happens to you. It's it's one for all and all for one until we get more money and when you can, you can live wherever you want. We don't care anymore. So uh, I think the, the that's why I think Chip Kelly's thing about the 64 teams or 68 teams currently in Power 5 would stay in Power 5. No, they would not. Um, what do you bring into the table? And we're talking, you know, some of these schools – for instance, would, they, would that be one of the teams? They certainly were a powerhouse a long time ago. Right. Minnesota, The last school to win three consecutive national titles. That's right. Did they bring anything to the table these days, no.
9: I t- hey, I told John Adams yesterday, he disagrees with me. Ole Miss is not going to be in a super conference. Yes, they
16: are. Yes, they I are. Think, I, said, I don't think Mississippi State would not be. I don't know about you. Ole Miss Because Thank you. Because the, they are the preeminent program in that state. But that state, it's but all But they're about not getting two. two. That
9: state's there's not, not getting to. That's exactly right? right. They're not getting to, and that was kind of my
10: point. He's like, so, "You he say, well, what's lost is there's lots of players in that state,
9: Brian. Yeah. They care about eyeballs, they don't care about players. And guess where those right. players are going go? well,
16: they'll, they'll, to go? Well, to one Alabama of the big teams. And LSU. That's right. Right, in Texas A and M or whatever. That's but right. It, it is going to be interesting going forward. just because you're a power five now. And, and there's a lot of people out there who are like, well, well, we're Power 5 now. Well, so were Oregon State and Washington That's State. right.
9: And it shifted. That sand well, shifted right under them.
10: Exactly. What would you do with someone like Kansas who's great in basketball but really well, hasn't been Well, we'll,
9: we'll, legi- we'll legislate. Hey, hey, Hughie, on the way out here, and I love you. You're my guy. Give me a couple bowl games this weekend that I can look at that are, you know, don't make my eyes bleed like last you know, night's game. Admit, Good I, night. I, this
16: is the first time since probably 19... let see, when I'm... I'm 61 years old. Yeah. The last time I didn't watch any bowl games might have been when I was, like, eight.
9: Isn't that amazing? I They're making you not watch. You're, you're And you're so hardcore it ain't funny. And there's just... I mean, South Florida, Syracuse, Syracuse... That was awful last night. Now, Syracuse Bino was in there on that game. That was awful. He watched Syracuse, it from pillar Syracuse to post.
16: quarterback didn't play. UTSA, Frank awful. Harris didn't play. Awful. I mean, Boise State's quarterback didn't play. Awful. Um
9: terrible bet by me.
16: Troy versus Duke. Mr. You C. Know, both have new coaches, Ryder and Leonard playing. Um, you know, J- J- Armed Forces Bowl, you, you think James Madison, hey, they're quarterbacks in the portal. Um, I hard mean, to get excited about any of these. I want all
9: my picks back, Bino. This is ridiculous. He's in the so, portal. I didn't know that.
16: Yeah, James, uh, Jordan McLeod, he'll, he'll be on his fourth school.
9: Son of ball. a biscuit.
16: Started at USF, went to Arizona. Now he's at James Madison, which gave him a chance. He had a great year. Now he's leaving. So, um, it, you know, I think it's, do you want to spend three hours watching a TV show? Yeah, because that's what these are. Three, three and a half hour blocks of TV TV entertainment, but the stars aren't playing. It's like watching, I don't even watch network TV anymore, but it's like in the 90s, if you watch Seinfeld, I want to watch three hours of Seinfeld, but, um. Julia Louis-Dreyfus isn't going to be in any of
9: the episodes. Huggy Bear, you're my boy. Thank you. All right. Talk to you next week. When when Mike Huguenin on your TLD Logistics hotline online at TLDlogistics.com, you know, when he says what's the point with these minor bowl games, why would that week we just had, why is that counting in our game, by the way, that I was winning till this stupidity? This is stupid. Next year, we need to cut it off Cause the ball games don't matter anymore. They're 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 random. Why don't we bet on how much rain's gonna fall this weekend, you clown? It's all part of
8: it, Tony. You gotta finish. What do you mean you it's a part, a part of it? It's, it's ridiculous. Be a big and walk late, it's, like it's, it's used to say. It's ridiculous.
9: Seriously, though, when a guy like that says what he said, Bean Star. I mean. Brian, this weekend, what are you looking forward to ball game wise? Let's see if you can sell for it a little bit. You and B now.
10: Well, I think you can got, uh, you got Butch playing in a ball game, coaching in one for Arkansas State. They play Northern Illinois in Birmingham. I think that, I think that could have some intrigue to some people. Some are going to hate watch Butch. And I get that part of it. I like, uh, i like the vegas bowl you've got northwestern power five on power five i think it's the first well the second power five versus power five matchup northwestern versus utah yes in vegas and you know utah's an interesting team northwestern was one i think they were one in 11 last year and they turned their i think they had the biggest turnaround of the of the season outside of alex golish They really turned. They really
9: turned college football into a hideous product. When you You have, have they had uh, Syracuse last night had a backup tight end playing quarterback.
10: What was
9: the point? By the way,
10: what was the point? That was easy, easy money. Easy money. You're paying attention. Easy money. And one thing about Northwestern is they they had that cheating scheme. That not cheating, but horrible scandal, yeah, that Hazen it scandal was. Yep. in the summer. They had to fire their longtime coach who won one game last year. Yep. And they they just hired, I think, somebody from within, and they win seven this year. Let
9: me bring the great Watson Brown in without further ado. Watson, buenas noches, buenos dias, buenos tardes <laughs> to you. We're going to co- cover them all. Feliz Navidad and prospero año y felicidad, amigo. I hope you're well.
18: I'm doing well. And Merry Christmas to all you
9: all. Love you so much, man. You are um, an absolute, absolute blessing, uh, my brother in Christ. So let's talk here as we get uh, take our last show here for the Christmas season. Man, I'm just you you talk about a present. You are every week we bring you on here. We just can't, and we know when he found out you were going to be on here today with us. He said it's like unwrapping a present right on the air, and there's Watson. (laughs) Sitting right under your Christmas tree. Uh, what, what do you make, Watson? What do you make? And I know you talk to your brother, right? This whole Florida yeah. State thing with the ACC, and they're going to have their meeting today. There's no way those people are going to pay six hundred and fifty million dollars to their league to walk away. I mean, they don't. They, nobody has that kind of money, do they? No, I don't. I don't. I think there. If so
18: many, if the league were to bust up, then they can go for free. Meaning, so many go right. Uh, and they have to wait on that. But what's gotten their attention, in my opinion, Tony, is if they had been in the SEC and gone 13 and 0, uh, if they'd been in the Big Ten and gone 13 and 0, even without their quarterback, they're in. We both know that. But by being in the ACC and, and I think that's what they're looking at. And, uh, that's a shame that everything now works off the dollar, uh, it, it, there's so many things that have come from money now and this transfer portal, which is all about money, by the way, all about money. All about it's run it, it, the bowl season. I, I caught you guys talking about the Syracuse thing last night. They got to go. They're obligated. Their, their conference has got to fill the spots. They got nothing. They don't need to be there. Hurt quarterbacks transfer core, everything known to man. You've got the Ohio state quarterback at the game. Um, nobody cares now. They can't wait till the next year with a new Ohio State quarterback plan. It's ruined bowl season, and I don't know. They gotta they gotta look at that hard and figure out what they can do. Can they can they back up the portal till later? Boy, the ain't that the, they truth. Have it, ain't that the the truth? The reason they have it early, Tony, is because of school. You gotta be able to get in school and be in in the semester. And if you wait too long, then they can't get these kids in school. But I think. That they've got to back the portal up some way uh, to not ruin this bowl season.
9: That's a really interesting point you brought up. Tennessee has an advantage, you know, that the semester begins later. And yep. so, because people have this um, misconception about the portal, which is the portal closes, what that means is that simply means that the players entering the portal, but you can still pull guys out. In January, you can still you know if you as oh. long as uh, your semester doesn't begin, uh, so that's kind of an edge. but you're so right like I'm thinking about last night's game is a travesty to mankind oh. for poor Syracuse. Their punishment for winning six games was to go on national television and get embarrassed because they had to put a tight that tight end a quarterback.
18: Uh, it's embarrassing A it was Embarrassing for Syracuse it's it's embarrassing for South Florida they they don't want to be in that situation of course and and I was proud of South Florida because I thought they kept playing hard most teams you sometimes you'll play up to what you play and yep they did play really hard and tried hard and were excited to win and, yes uh, but it it's just they got to do something Tony it's not fair
0: what would you uh, a school say what, ought to be yeah. able to,
18: a school ought to be able to opt out of going even though the conference is on their case about going and, and then uh, and then you because, forfeit that
9: money so basically what yeah, you are and you lose the money but there's not yeah. a lot of
18: money in that bowl last night now
9: what's there's funny though money. what's funny though if you stop and think about it because when you were down at Tennessee Tech, you had to play these people and go get sacrificed for money to fund the the oh, yeah. deal, right? And, that's just, and you were the AD, too, so you know all about that. It's like, okay, well, that's what we're going to do. And, you know, Mom yeah. and Dad get to see you play in a big stadium, and we hope nobody gets hurt. And that's essentially what Syracuse did last night, though. They had to go yeah. play, take their paycheck, make the date. They knew we have zero chance of competing. The score in that game, I think, was like... I flipped it over. It's like 24 to nothing or something. Like in the second quarter, it wasn't even a uh, – I mean, and you're right. South Florida, as nice of a season as they had, they want to go out and beat somebody and make it look like, hey, you know, we've made some progress yep. here. Bino, Jeff no, Henderson. not fair to them. not fair to anybody. Let's get uh, – and I'll tell you what's really not fair, too. There's a guy on here right now who blew away his competition picking games this year. It, between Brian, myself, and Bino, and a bunch of other media people, hammered them, hammered them. But I gave it all back last week because of these stupid bowl games. Because I don't know who's playing, and I don't have the time to do that, Watson. Because
10: I got to work. Hey, Coach. Uh, no. Go ahead, Brian. And that shouldn't count. Do you, Coach? Do you actually bet on some games?
9: <laughs> no, no, Brian. He's not betting on games. He not not betting. Not like, not no, like bet not, on not, games.
18: Not. I've not been okay, Are so you that's, kidding? That's, that's, that's kind of been taboo for me for
9: six years, so Beano, it's Jeff, hard now to turn around and chase that. Beano, Jeff Henderson, get in here. <laughs> that's <laughs> a great one, Brian. Yeah, I love it. Yeah,
8: we love it. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm, I'm sorry, Watson. I, I I thought this was supposed to be a conversation, not that you were going to get interrogated here. That's an easy answer. I could be on the stand with that It would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to you, Watson. Appreciate you being Thank on you here with us. You, pal. Uh, I'm having a discussion you. with a buddy of mine, and I, I want to get a coach's perspective on it. I, I, I believe that last year, Tennessee fans coming off what it, right at the end of what was uh, the, the best season in a couple of decades here, playing a really good opponent. I believe that Tennessee fans viewed last year's bowl game as the last game of that season. This year coming off kind of a, uh, a disappointing season, playing an opponent that's not very attractive, I think fans look at this game as a preview and a start to next season. As a coach – did you vary back and forth how you viewed your bowl game as to what it was? No, uh, no, not at all. Um, uh, places that I was head coach now,
18: when we were at Oklahoma and I was there, when we were at Mississippi State, there, you know, it could go, it could vary up and down, like you're saying. Uh, but places I was when we got to go to the bowls and different things, it was just so big. And, um, no, it, it was, it was that season for us. And, um, but I understand the feeling it's tough, man. And, and what started all this to me is when you, when you don't make the final four, then already there's a drop down and it's not as successful as it could have been. And so there already is another level that they put you on. And then if you weren't as good as you were the year before, are you underachieved a little bit, go four and four in the sec, which is not, not awful. But when, when you've had the standards that Tennessee has had through tradition um, like Alabama, like Georgia, like Florida—all of those you can—I can name them—and and, and uh, yeah, it, that's just the way it is. Um, I think this is a big bowl for them because I just think nine and four looks a lot better than eight and five, and I think it's an important day for them. And and uh, and and their opponent is a very well-known opponent that always plays harder than the Dickens, man. You're not going to catch Iowa flat. Now, they're just not going to score many points. But you got you better be ready to play when you play Iowa. They will come out and hit you and be ready to go. So I look at that game a little a little bit higher up than the fans do. Uh, but I'm a coach, and I understand. And I think Tennessee did a solid job this year in coaching them with what they had. They weren't as good as they were last I agree year. They with didn't that. have the playmakers. I agree with they didn't that. have the playmakers, so they had to find more ways to score points. Uh, play better defense at times. They did play better defense at times than last year. I, I don't. I just don't look at it the same way I think the fan does. I think Tennessee was better this year with what they had, um, than they were the year before when they had all those playmakers.
9: Great Watson Brown joining, taking a few for us. I, again, I ask you about your brother. That, that kid opted out over there, even though he comes from like the football family. But it's almost, yeah. the, or he comes from the Carolina family, with the brother and the father and the whole deal. I mean, that, that kid's roots are as deep as anybody. He's a heck of a player. Yeah. But the truth is, why would you risk it? You know, if you're him, why would you go? And that's what they've. That's what we've done here. It's so well, strange. Yeah.
18: That's the perfect example because you're dead right, and I know a lot about this one. And, and there isn't a deeper Carolina blue than that family is. And if he's going to pull out, they're all going to pull out, Tony. The, the, the better ones that are into the money, that are going to hit the big money, they're going to pull out, and they nearly have to. The agents scare them to death because I've had some. The agents scare them to death. Here, if you sprain an ankle to the point that you can't do anything here in the offseason, not even out for a year, but that you can't do anything in the offseason, you could lose 20, 30, 40 million dollars in this deal. So, I mean, I I don't, I don't blame them. I, I told you last week, I don't like the situation at all with people pulling out, but I don't blame the kids. I don't like the situation. And that's why we've got to look at these bowls in different ways. And first thing I would do is cut out the six and sixteens going to bowls. I'd cut them out right now. And I'd never said that before, but I'd cut it out. And then I and then I would let these eight four seven fives, if they don't want to play because they've lost a bunch to the transfer portal or lost a bunch to the NFL, open up that spot for some six and sixes that can't wait to go. Uh, that's the way I'd do it. I think you know, they've uh, got to cut some of these bowls out.
10: But uh, the problem is ESPN has so many bowl games that's that right. they have to yep. have somebody. It's pull all about a slot. the money. It's all about the money. And it's unfortunately um, that'd be impossible to do that.
9: You know the I the think. one yep. the one thing they could do, which they're never gonna do, is put a pot that the winners get at the end of it. Which might incentivize those kids to stay in there and help their teammates, and we all share a little money here at the end of this thing. Uh, but again, maybe
18: Tony, that's a good thought. What but, I think is going to happen, though, is it's yeah. like last night. How long did we watch that game last
4: night? I, I didn't get watch ratings. it after a quarter. That thing, and I cannot, never do that. I'm yeah. a football guy, and
18: nope. I watch them. But no I, when they quit watching them, because the bowls are getting so bad, yep. now nah, ESPN's going to take another look at it. That's why I think in time,
9: that's what's going to go down. Watson, I'm going to throw you a curveball here on the way out. Because we're going to do this when we come back from our timeout. And Matt Dixon's going to join our uh, illustrious panel here. And I use that term loosely. But, and Watson, I I appreciate your time. It's a great Watson Brown. We usually Uh do him on Wednesdays. We hang out with him. And he's such a blessing this week. With signing day, uh, Watson accommodated us. And is jumping in on Friday. And it's just such a blessing to have you. Josh Heupel, Beano Jeff Henderson, ask your question that you are going to pose next hour, and I want you to ask that question to Watson here on the way out. I want to get his thoughts. Go ahead, Bean.
8: Watson, it just came to my mind. uh, I've been thinking about it quite a bit over the last several weeks, and that is uh, how I feel about Josh Heupel now three years in as opposed to how I felt about him the day I heard of his hiring
9: how do you respond to that Watson when you when they initially made that hire and you know of him and then what you think three years later can can you give give me an elaborate on that I'll be
18: glad to yeah when when it happened I thought it was an average hire for Tennessee uh and I knew that the 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 AD coach piece um was a big piece of it and um so you say, are they just friends? Is he just bringing this guy in because he loves him? Uh, does he think he's the best guy? So many things go through your head that aren't fair, okay? But those are things that I think fans think. Well, since he's been there, I don't think they could have got a better hire. I mean, everybody, the, the luster was gone a little bit after last year, but, guys, that's the way of the world, man. When, when you reach a certain point in one year and then you come back and don't hardly get at the next, it just that's it's the way of the world. It's society. It's, it, they expect it to always be better the next year. And, and, and they better understand in today's world, in today's college football, it's year to year. This building a program stuff is over with. You build a year now. You don't build a program. You build a year. And you come back, okay, what are we this year? And then, okay, wasn't good. That's good for the people that don't do well in programs. It, it gives them an opportunity to get better quicker, but the better traditional programs, that's harder and the fans going to have to in time accept a good year, two good years, and then all of a sudden the bad, and then they go back immediately the next year and it's a good year. They're used to watching you build programs and now you don't do that anymore. It used to take four years and you say, okay, where are we after four, after five? Now it's one year to one, and they're not used to that, and that's why it's it's hard for the fan.
9: That is so, that is so, so well put. God, that's so well put, because we're so conditioned to think in terms of program, 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 yeah. pro- and And I look at Ole Miss as a perfect example. Ole Miss this year got that Jackson Dart off the West Coast, struck some lightning. He's coming back next year. They're loading, they're obviously loading up. There's speculation out there that Kiffin might even be spending some of his money, which I think, hey, if I'm making that kind of money as a coach, uh, and I want to throw a little bit of my money quietly into the till, hush, hush, nod, nod, wink, wink, why wouldn't I? To stay employed. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, let's keep it real here. That, that, that would not be surprising at all. But to your yeah. point, his thought is we've got a window next year. This isn't about a program. This is about next year. And it's kind of an, it's an interesting way of thinking about it. Because it might it's, work or it might not. You know, it might work or it might not. Well, but, but Tony, you have to keep up with the
18: times. That's what's out there now. If you say, all I want to see him do that, and will start to change a little, is, well, we're going to keep doing it the way we've always done it. I, I don't know that you can win that way anymore. You can't. When, when your backup quarterback is not the starter, then he leaves the next year, and you don't have a great one behind him. You're going to go get a freshman and wait on him, or you are going to go to the portal to replace that guy? You nearly have to go to the portal in today's world, and the coaches that don't, I think they're making a big mistake. Would I have wanted to do that? Heavens no. I was taught from Pat Dye through Jackie Sherrill, through whoever I coach for, that this is the way you do it. Well, those ways are gone. And these coaches now have to be different coaches. And if I, was, if I went back in it tomorrow, I would understand that and go about it 100% different way. And that's what Josh is having to do. I don't think any coach likes it. I don't. Everyone I've talked to does not like the way they're having to do it. But they know they have to do it, Tony. And that's the difference, in my opinion.
9: You are a gentleman and a scholar. Merry Christmas to you, my man. And I hope you have love
18: it. all you guys. And I tell you, it's it, it's so much fun to come on with all of you, and it's an honor for me to do it. So thanks,
9: thanks for having me, love Tony. you, brother. It's been a blast the great Watson Brown. We honor him, and he'll be he'll be on right after the first of the year Wednesdays with Watson, because I know a good thing, and we'll be talking some NFL, some playoffs, this, that, and the other. Uh, in the meantime, it's hour number two. Uh, Matt Dixon joins the fray, and if you want to get in, Bino, what is the question? As we hit hour number two, what is the question, uh, um, B-Star?
8: The question we're posing is, how do you feel about Josh Hopple today, three years into his tenure, as opposed to when you first heard of his hiring?
9: Such a great question. On the heels of what was a pretty so-so signing day for the Vols and a transfer portal period that thus far has been okay. Pretty good. Okay. Not as bar moving as some thought, me included. I, I don't get on here and lie. That's not, not who I am. It's never been who I am, in fact, despite what some people think. As we continue, on the other side, Watson Brown was great. He appears on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Matt Dixon joins this illustrious, and we've got a full bank of calls panel, and we continue winding our way toward your Christmas holiday.
20: It's a memory-making time of year. This is Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt. Many years ago, as a little girl, I remember my mother receiving several packages in the mail. That was odd at our house. It was just a couple of weeks before Christmas. She put them away. I learned later that my dad had won a catalog shopping spree by selling the most cars the previous month. We were five young children and had just moved to Nashville from Illinois. It had been a tough year. About three days before Christmas, my mother started bringing out the toys one at a time. I remember her sheer delight as she presented each one to us. You see, we didn't know what was in the packages, but mother did, and she couldn't wait to give the toys to us. I know now that the true joy was in the giving. I hope during this holiday season and in the new year that every one of us will experience the true joy of giving whatever we have to give. From our house to yours, I wish you a very merry, merry Christmas and a joy-filled, prosperous new year.
19: Bring in the new year with Rubik's Groove at the Mule House in Columbia. Ruby Groove is your premiere, outside-of-the-box, 80s, 90s, and aughts tribute band. Featuring a high-energy, character-driven performance, you're not going to want to miss this one, rock, pop, hip-hop characters, costumes, and videos. For tickets and more information, go to TheMuleHouse.com That's mulehouse.com. See you on New Year's Eve!
15: This is Delft Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today, I am at Foodland. Foodland is bright, airy, clean, well-stocked with almost anything you might want from a grocery store and foodland has the reputation for the best meat department in murray county i'm talking with your local grocer miles johnson about what the christmas specials are this week miles what you got well this week we have cooked shank portion hams a a pound ribeye dollars 6.99 a pound turnip collard or mustard greens $0. 99 cents a bunch food club sugar four pound bags two for six and coca-cola 12 packs two for 11 and as always these specials run until next wednesday correct correct Okay, folks, come to Land. Christmas music is playing.
12: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus.
8: You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
9: So this um, Beano Jeff Henderson is quite quite a guy. You know, I'm going to brag on him for a second. Because um, it's it's easy to focus on some of my Festivus complaints about him. But when he puts his pencil and puts his mind to it, he can really do it. Bino's asked a question. And the question is this. What did you think of Josh Heupel three years ago when they hired him? What do you think of him now? And Brian Hartman, we were talking during the break, and you think that is a great question?
10: I think it's a great time to ask that question because if you ask that question after last year, you would get 90%, maybe more, answers that are just the moon's the limit, the sky's the limit. Yep. They'd be mostly positive. Now, when you had a situation where you've had a sort of an average building season, you yes. had a great season, then you kind of took a step back, I think your answers vary more. I think there also are concerns that you could air as far you can, you can still say, well, we saw 2022, and you could have some positive answers. But then again, there are concerns. There's concerns about coaching staff. There's concerns about is he hard is he hard ass enough to to win at the top level in the SEC? And like last night, for example, I saw Alex Golish up 21 nothing, just tear into an official. He didn't like a call, and I wish Josh Heupel would do that, but that just doesn't seem to be who he is. It's a but great, the, it's a the great very point. The varying degree of answers you get are better.
9: Well, it's a great, great point year, Brian estimate. brings up. And Watson Brown, right on time, said, hey, look, I just want to encourage Tennessee fans. Because he said, I, I thought it was a mediocre hire when they made it. I thought the AD kind of, this is what he didn't say this, this is what he said. I thought the AD kind of struck out on some guys and went and hired a guy that he that he knew. And then he got here, and I realized he's pretty good football He's a very good football coach, in fact. He said, I don't know if you can do better than him. That's kind of what I drew, Bino from what uh, Watson said. In, in essence, he, this guy hired a guy he was familiar with. He didn't say after he struck out on some guys, but that's kind of, you know, he said the AD piece. And I think that's a fair assessment at the time
8: being star we were all kind of minded to it that's where you were right uh a- absolutely tony when when uh, josh hopper was first hired um I, I i thought this is the offensive type of coach that i want but to be honest I, I categorized it right with the hires that we had made prior to that i thought it was a guy uh, that I'm going to be hopeful for because that's the way I do it. Uh, but I doubt very seriously he's a long-term answer. Now I view him, and I have more hope. I don't know, but I have much more hope that he's a long-term answer here than I did the day he was hired.
9: And, and 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 I'm going to bring Matt Dixon in here. I want to encourage you right now to go over to tclub.team.com click on Tony's talking points today you'll see a great entry from um, Bino. you'll see Brian breaking the bowl games down this weekend Brian does his homework on who's in who's out and kind of gives his plays presented by our friends at Zen Sports and so Matt Dixon when you think about Josh Heupel the day he was hired and you were on here with us till now give me your evolution of thought after this down year where we see there's some kind of some chinks in his armor like brian was talking about where are you on josh heupel coming into year format we'll start with you and we appreciate you joining us on a friday as invited by bino bino invited you yesterday
11: yeah and i have to have to accept that um and that was a really good and thought-provoking piece that bino wrote um I agree with a lot of it i think you know, last year we saw what kind of the best case scenario is with 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 Heupel for for a season and what the potential is. Um, so I I think as the you know the X's and O's and as a as a football coach especially offensively, I think he's about as good as you can get. And you've got to have something a little bit different and unique to I think to to kind of stand out and take you over the top of a place like Tennessee because at the end of the day you're never going to have a talented the talented kind of roster that that Georgia has right now and that that Alabama has you'll never have that quite that elite level talent i don't think across the board so i like the uniqueness of Heupel's offense and i think he's an incredible play caller and kind of just developer a lot of the recruiting stuff and and managing a program i think there's still i think there's still major question marks about and just kind of the the cutthroat nature of of being an sec coach that I, i'm not sure he's quite there and maybe he never gets there um but that would require him to to making some some tough decisions with not just his on-field coaching staff but a lot of the support staff as well because i, I think they're lacking kind of behind the scenes as well
9: matt dixon were such prisoners of the moment i don't know about you guys but my fellow tennessee f- Friend, fan, fan friends were blowing my phone up last night about that South Florida game. Are you watching this? This is the guy. This, this is what we've been missing. I'm going they're playing Syracuse who has a tight end playing quarterback and they only won six games. Now the guy did a nice job down there. I guess they had won like one the year before. They, listen, that that goalish guy did a nice job down there. Not necessary. No need to lie here. You know? At the same time, at the same that's a guy, you know, like Brian said, screaming at the referee, and, you know, you said on here that, that he was the kind of the bad guy. I could see that. You know, I could kind of, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll look back on that as a line of demarcation when he walked out the door. Maybe hypo you know, without the bad cop, because hypo put a kid in there, compared to that guy obviously put a kid in there we all know that what do you think bino we're all prisoners of the moment everybody wants all this gaulish gaulish that's the shiny odd gaulish uh
8: yeah tony i I, gaulish has done a terrific job down there in south florida uh but uh I, i mean he it's You're you're going to all of a sudden uh, think that the guy who worked under your guy and goes six and six is a proper replacement for a guy who's been a head coach for six years and gave you the best season you've seen in a quarter of a century just last year. So, yeah, everybody wants something new, Tony. Something new always looks better. Uh, Something far away always looks better than something up close. To the phones we
9: go, 865-200-5402. I'm kind of in the Mac camp, and I'll write about this on Tuesday when our blog comes back. I, I so, so admire this guy as a human being, so admire him as a human being. I wonder if he's too much of a creature of comfort, which is what I am, by the way. Which is why I never, like, aspired to do what I do, like, in a big town, even though I had opportunities. I'm just a creature of comfort. I like, I am get comfortable in my surroundings and play some music and enjoy my community. And I kind of get that vibe from Hypo Heupel. Hypo's not going to fire people. He's not going to do what y'all want him to do with the Banks thing. And when I say y'all, I mean in a singular slash plural manner. He's just not going to do those things. He's
8: just not. What do you think, Vino? Well, uh, you know, Tony, if, after looking at the blog, that uh, that's one of the questions that's unresolved. One of the new questions. Uh, let, let me give a real quick clip note, and I think I can do it without, without holding everybody hostage here. When, when Hopper was first hired, I had four major questions about him two of which I think have been resolved as as yes, that he can do these things, and two which remain unresolved. The two that I think were resolved are, will his offense work in this conference? I think we saw beyond a shadow of a doubt last year that his offense will work in this conference. And is his ceiling high enough to keep us in the upper tier of the SEC? See, I think last year proves that that is a yes as well. The two questions I had originally that are unresolved is, can can he and his staff recruit at a level consistently to keep us up there, and can we play defense at a high enough level alongside this turbo, uh, this turbo offense that we run? Can you play defense at a high enough level? Those two remain unresolved. The two questions that I now have that I didn't think of at that time is, can Josh Heupel make the the tough, hard, almost heartless decisions that you have to make as a head coach in this league to keep your staff where it needs to be? And can can you coexist as the play caller, main play caller, and the CEO uh, of a program of this stature? So I have those same questions that you and Matt have both raised. To the phones
9: we go and we await you. Because we want to talk to the Living Vaughn, fan. You come first on here. You always have. Hello and welcome in.
5: Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, yes. Thank, thank you thank you for doing this. Same great, to you, honey.
9: brother. Uh, same to you.
5: Hey, uh, Watson Brown is just the, the absolute cat's meow, man.
9: Spun gold, man. That guy's like spun gold.
5: I'm telling you. What, what he said about the fact that it's no longer a pro, programs, it just... Uh, Blew my mind and opened my mind to things that it, that was right there in front of us that I wasn't re- recognizing. Um, like the Niners next year could be imploded from who they are this year in the NFL. It's correct. Just uh, like you know, we lost. Just like the Eagles. All, That's absolutely right.
9: Yep.
5: college football's heading in that direction.
9: Rusty, I was talking to uh, yeah. our boy Justin up in Bean Station. I was talking to my yeah, family, yeah. my brothers. So, what do you think? We think of the Eagles this year? I said, uh, big step back? What do you mean? Yeah. I said, you don't lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson. You don't lose the other DB. You don't lose your safety. I mean, you're just not going to replace those guys. It's just not how it works. And that league is set up to do that. And now in college football, with this anarchy, it is set up to disperse the talent unless you have the head start that Georgia and Alabama have and an Ohio State Everybody else, watch Michigan next year. Michigan's going to take a step back if you look at their roster. Everybody else is going to be year to year. It's just the way it is. The the recruiting classes
5: and high school recruiting is going to become less and less important um, to to your success. It's going to be more about, do you get about 10 good guys out of high school every year, and what do you do in the portal to, to, to make your roster elite? That next coming year with one-year guys, maybe at best two-year guys. It's going to be such a weird thing now. Earlier this year, I kept thinking, Tony's out of his mind, love you, buddy, but I did when you were saying this year was a rebuilding year um, because I kept thinking next year's going to be worse because we're going to lose our whole offensive line and most of our defensive line. Um, but now that they've all returned, you were right. This year was a rebuilding year. This was a year to get that offensive line, um, a lot of reps, Unfortunately they were hurt the whole time, but now they're all coming back. And next year could be the the springboard year from a really, really average year this year, which like I said, I was more worried about twenty twenty four than twenty twenty three just because we were gonna have so much turnover, but now this whole thing set up to where you can buy your roster back. Um, or you can go get five or six, seven guys out of the portal to fill the holes you have, or you can be like be like, like people aren't noticing it. Georgia has a bunch of former four and five star guys in the portal this year. I mean, their portal, I think they got 16 or 17 guys that were four stars or higher in the portal right now. It, it could be flipped rosters like, the, Georgia could be like if the Eagles from last year. It, it's so crazy. Watson's just, dude's mind is fantastic. Love that guy.
9: So, what do you think of Beanstar and his uh, question? When you look at Hypel, the way you looked at him coming in and the way you look at him now? Um, absolutely
5: love the dude. Brilliant. Um, only worry is exactly what you guys have said, which is will he put somebody out the pasture? That's the only worry. Because I'm in the firm camp that we can get a better a coordinator.
8: Pino, you know, what if he's a guy that won't do that? like never what then uh then he won't he won't be here long term tony I, I just don't think in this league the staff that you come in with is the staff that you can finish with uh, i just i this is just this this league's too too cutthroat for that to
9: happen is that is that true uh matt dixon I, I think the, the successful coaches and, and
11: championship-level coaches, which is what we need Hypo to be, are constantly evolving and looking for ways to make their programs better and not just kind of settling for what they have. And I, I do think that Hypo will have to make some tough changes at some point. I mean, maybe, maybe they're not there yet. I mean, you know, maybe Tim Banks is exactly what Hypo wants him to be. I don't know. But yeah. – I do think you need to make changes um, in areas that you're kind of deficient, in. I think there are some clear deficiencies in recruiting. Um, and I do think defensively, they need to either you know change their philosophy on some things or change coaches in in maybe one or two spots because your defense just isn't good enough right now. When despite our yeah and need
9: offense when our fan base gets a load of that. After the first of the year that that whole staff's coming back and they're all renewed. I mean, how do you think that's going to be met?
5: It's not going to be loved. No. I, uh, I've said it a hundred times. I don't have a problem with really the way our secondary plays or this or that. And My beef is in three years, we're horrible at third down. That, that's just, and that's all the coordinator. You you have to be better at confusing the offense and confusing the quarterback when you get them in, in bad third down situations. And we're the opposite. We basically roll out the red carpet for you to get twelve yards when you need eleven on third down. It's so anyway. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be frowned upon when that comes out. But but I think I think Matt's right. I think Bino's right. Uh, maybe what Banks does is what Heupel wants. And the truth is, if the twelve team play, playoff was here, we we would have been in the twenty two playoffs with, with with Banks as our as our defensive coordinator.
9: Exactly um, right. Th- thank you, Rusty. We, we, but you but you but the truth is, you better have a super special, and I mean super special quarterback. If and a couple of great wide receivers, if you're going to do that. Which there's no reason to think that you know Tennessee might might have those guys on that roster next year. Who knows? Let's go back to our TLD Logistics uh, phone line. Hello and welcome. You never know. You never know who
10: might do like Hyatt did. No, year to year, you never. I'm open minded. Some, that. Somebody could emerge as that guy. But all it's I can say on there. the
9: air is I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I, those those wide receivers they threw out there last year look like average players to me, but guys can get better. Hello and welcome into our next call. How you doing, Tony? Hey, Billy. Merry Christmas to you, Billy. Merry Christmas to you and
19: also I want to wish Laura and uh, your son T Jr and your twin daughters a merry christmas as well. Yeah. And Bino, Bino merry christmas
8: to you. We're going to Bill, go on, Merry Christmas around the room. merry, uh, merry christmas. Uh, I hope you uh, I hope you have a great one. Well, thank you. <laughs> and uh, also Matt, merry christmas to you
19: and also to you Brian as well.
9: Aw. Merry really Christmas, Titans, strange. Bill.
19: Um,
9: Bill, what's your favorite Christmas carol? Uh,
19: I would have to say a Silent Night.
9: You're going to sing me a bar of that or two on the way out here, but go ahead, man.
19: Okay. Hi. Oh, you want me to sing a few bars? Okay. Um, um, um.
9: No, no, no. I said on the way out. On the uh, every- way out. Everything in its time. Unless this is okay. on the way out. You must want to sing it, hit, and run. That'd be good. Oh, okay. He talking about the Titans.
19: Oh, okay. Um, yesterday, Tony, you know, you had your little grievance show. Yes. I was going to call. Give a grievance. The only, the only grievance I had against you was you submarining me a couple of times. If I wanted to comment on the Titans, you would say, well, we we would like to have you comment more on the UT basketball team, or the
9: well. U- generally, the U- when you call a Tennessee post game show, <laughs> Beano when he's calling a Tennessee post game show with a Titan take, I mean, what am I supposed to do, Beano?
8: <laughs> yeah, you you just have to direct the program the best that you can. Well, thank so. you.
9: I mean, I had <laughs> callers yesterday tell me that. I this thing gets way out of control, and I don't manage it well. And then, Bill, you want more latitude to do your nonsense?
19: <laughs> well, okay. Well, we got we we already had that problem so In, Interesting. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> let's see the game. The games tomorrow. I believe the appetizer is going to be probably uh, Troy and Duke. I'm going to watch that. And then I'm going to turn it on uh, on a uh, 1010, which is channel 10. If you have a you know a Xfinity, and I'm going to watch uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati.
9: Matt Matt looking- Matt Dixon, are you um, you been watching the bowl games? As much as you love college football, I've had a lot of trouble turning those games on this year. Are you watching them, Matt? Like you usually have? Uh. Yeah,
7: I've watched
11: a a couple of them. A few of them have been decent games. I mean, yeah. you know, two, two bad teams with backup quarterbacks can still have a really entertaining game. Um, but for the most part...
9: No doubt about know,
11: it. I haven't been watching
9: them a, a ton. Two teams can look offensively handcuffed and play a pretty decent game. I mean, Tennessee and Iowa will look that way probably, I would think, if we throw... <laughs> well, never mind.
19: If Tennessee goes in that game thinking they can win by just showing up, that happens. It's going to be
9: nothing um, but big Bell, trouble. Hey, Bill, all they have to do is roll the ball out there against Iowa. Come on, I wouldn't even try to score. <laughs> they don't even try to score. I mean, be one thing if they had like you know something. They don't even have a heartbeat on offense, a pulse. Well, these guys are flatliners. Do-
19: I'll tell you, Michigan tore their kingdom down, and speaking of the University of Michigan, there's more um, allegations that are, between, you know, against Harbaugh.
9: Well, what haven't they thrown at him? This guy's like, uh, they're going to get him on tax evasion eventually. Yeah. What, what mob boss would he be, Bino, at this point? He's like in John Gotti territory, isn't he, Beno?
8: Yeah, he's... Uh... He's, he's been the Teflon Don so far, but they're coming after him. What would his nickname be, Bino? If
9: you were to give him a, uh, we got Joey Bats. What what would he be? I
8: have to think on that. For yeah, a second, think
9: on though. that. Bino will get you. Bino will come up with a good mob nickname. All right, give me some Silent Night, Bill. Your calls done.
19: Okay, <laughs> Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm, all is bright, and I want to wish everyone a happy and safe Christmas. Christmas.
9: Thank you, Billy. Back to the phones we go. Keep the conversation going. Bill, Bill with a little bit of levity there. And Brad, it's musical guests to us. Perumpa pum pum, rumpa pum pum, rumpa pum pum. Hello and welcome in. Hi, yeah, you're I'm on the air. Hi, welcome in. Hello? Yeah, hi, you're on the air. Welcome okay. in.
17: Yeah, this is uh, Jason from Florence, Alabama. Hey,
9: Florence Jason. 29. Welcome in.
17: Merry Christmas to the staff. Great show today, man. I mean, Thank you. Watching on at the same time. Wow. Didn't get much better than that. Great points by all. A uh, couple questions here. Uh, you know the kid, uh, Inspector, is that his name? The tackle not signed yet, as far as I know?
9: Oh, you're talking about Seton. Uh-huh.
17: Yeah, Seton. Yeah. Sorry. As uh, far as I know, I haven't seen anything this morning about whether it's signed or not. But I guess my question is this: you know, we're all on this culture deal, you know that. You know, uh, I, I've seen a lot of, you know, uh, Josh don't want to hire anybody that's not a culture, you know, big culture fit. Yeah. Alabama and Georgia, were, you know, hire, you know, by stars. They don't care who, you know, what's a guy like, they didn't get there. So I've heard a lot of argument on that. How would the staff right now, you guys feel
9: about if Peyton did sign with you two? Uh, I mean, I I don't think Tennessee's in a spot where they can turn guys like that down. I mean, you can make that culture argument all you want. You play too much culture ball in this league, and you're you're going home in five years with your consolation prize and your failure money. What do you think, uh, uh, panel? I mean. And Matt, I throw that at you. Uh to me, if the Seton guy as goofy as he is, wants to come and I don't know if I'm offering him the money I was offering him before. Maybe he's coming on my terms now since he made a fool of me on national television. But Matt, I'm take I'm still taking that
10: guy. We need players. If you had like a fortified offensive line for the next two or three years, maybe you don't. Exactly. You but don't you can't afford that you luxury. You probably need to now.
9: They're all going out the door next year, Bri. You you need yeah, you you gotta need have somebody there and capable bodies. Yeah, I'm in
17: full agreement. You take you take the guy, you know, you take a chance. Of, you know, I know didn't, no one liked what he did. Uh, I get that, but you know, we're just not position it. You know, if you get him in your program, if you will disrupt him. you get rid of him. You know, you.
9: Well, I'd ask this question, to anybody? What kind of reputation did Bur McCoy have before he came here? He was at Texas for a hot minute. He was at USC and got in a little trouble. He was thought to be a disruptive kid. McCoy was at Texas? Uh, for a hot minute. And then he went to USC. And he was kind of, he had a reputation as a little bit of a rolling stone. And he came here, and what was he? He's been a great leader. A great teammate. I mean, you know, things aren't always, it could be that the Seton guy, has bad counsel in his life or no counsel in his life and no guidance and just needs to grow up. I mean, the guy's 18 That's years right. old. That's right. I'm not judging anybody.
17: On, uh, on Beno's question this morning, uh, Yeah. You know, I was uh, I was like, you know, I thought it was maybe an average hire when they got Josh because it didn't, you know, but where he had been, you know, not been maybe at a, uh, a really elite school, but I was very uh, excited about the offense that he had ran in those places, and I was thinking, "This is—we got to have somebody." To. I mean, you know, but prior to that, you know, Pruitt—they didn't have a clue what to do. No one. And Josh had a plan. And I'm saying this, and I, and I and I still believe it. I'm not sure that maybe could come in and done what Josh has done in three years with what he had to deal with. I just, I mean, I believe Josh is the only one that could have done that. Now, what's he going to do going forward? You know, some of those questions have not been answered. that I mean, have brought, the Bino brought to the table today. You know, is he going to be, the re- so far, I think his recruiting has been okay. Um but if, if you look at the East, uh, and, and what we finished, we finished four, four, finished third. Well, uh, now that, Oklahoma's in there, you know, and I know there's no division thing. We finished about, uh, if Oklahoma would have came in to our side, we would have finished third in recruiting, you know, behind Georgia and Oklahoma. You know, if you take it in the east and west deal again, mm-hmm. but I know that's out. But At any, at any rate, I think he, he did an okay job this year. I mean, and and certainly so far the portal looked like it's helped us. And I'm extremely excited about seeing the bowl game just from the fact Going to, we're going to see maybe some defensive backs that we're going to have next year. And just, just to see how they play. And um, So, if, if, if nothing else, I'm excited about the bowl game because of that. And hopefully, Nico will get to play enough to, you know, give him some playing time. That'll be exciting as well.
9: But, oh, it's a real, anyway. a real pleasure. You added to our conversation today. I, I'm going to differ with you on the Nick Saban point. Any program Nick Saban's in going into year four is contending for a national championship. Here, there, anywhere. Dixon, am I a little too sheepy on Saban or am I speaking the truth? Because he would do exactly what needs to be done in all accounts. Because he is like obsessed with this nonsense.
11: No, he's the, the best coach in the history of college football. I mean he would have a have a title contender in year two. Yes. He now would. that the portal's now that he could use the portal.
9: Yes. Bino, that's the I mean, he, he says I don't think Sabin look, I, I think Heupel's done a really nice job, and I ain't going that far. Are you, Bino? And I and you and I have put Sabin out the pastor about a million times, by the way.
8: Uh no, Tony, we, we talked about this earlier. I I didn't think it was fair to Josh when people were calling him uh the next spurrier. Yep. Uh, Scrooge and Satan are generational coaches. Uh, Josh is not that. And he's a really, really nice coach who has a nice future if
9: he'll do a few things. But the question today is, what did you think of Heupel when he was hired, and what do you think of him now? When he was hired, I thought, oh, my gosh, what has Tennessee done? Because you have to recruit here because you have to be a great recruiter here. And the book on him was that he was kind of an introvert, a guy that didn't like recruiting. He was almost in a perfect spot down there at Central Florida for his perceived skill set. Now, we're going to see if it's real or not, because he's getting ready to get his own players. Not this year, next year. His offensive line is still some holdovers, but he's getting ready to jump into the deep end with his own players. It won't be this year, but it's all coming, and the questions will be answered. All lines are jammed. It's a Friday. Matt Dixon's in here with us. So we've got Brian, we've got uh, Beanstar on a Friday, Matt Dixon. My name's Tony, and we kick it back after this.
2: This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee
0: Hi, it's Terry from Tillis Jewelry, your festive gift destination this Christmas. Unwrap the magic with our natural diamond earrings starting at incredible $99. Yes, you heard it right, $99. Picture the joy of discovering these stunning gems in your stocking. But there's more. Explore our brand new diamond pendants and dazzling stack rings at fantastic prices. Make this season unforgettable with Tillis Jewelry. Come see us on the Columbia Square where the gift is wrapped with elegance. Tillis Jewelry, making your Christmas sparkle brighter. Happy Holidays.
14: Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater and upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today.
3: Get ready for a shopping experience like no other at
18: Old School Vapor. We carry a huge selection of disposables from Kato Bar, Veho, Raz, Lost Mary and Breeze. We've got it all. Enjoy a whopping 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase, 20% off everything else. Plus, discover the largest legal cannabis selection in the state, along with a variety of Kratom, Kava and
12: Glass products. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com.
7: Join Center of Hope for the annual New Year's Eve Mule Drop in downtown Columbia. It all starts at 8 p.m. with the amazing Emerald Empire Band. Food trucks, a beer garden, axe throwing, and a cigar lounge will all be there. Hourly countdowns and toasts will lead up to the Mule Drop at midnight. The Mule Drop is free and family-friendly. Presented by Center of Hope. Sponsored by Experience Murray and Baxter Management. No live mules will be used at this event.
3: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Hey, be back
9: with you on the one, the only, it's your Tony Basilio show on a Friday. We're heading for a TLD Logistics Overdrive overtime. This will be our final show till uh, Christmas. The Vols are off, and I think everything over the weekend. So no post game, no Bino with the Lady Vol post game stuff. None of that going on. No Garza Law, Tennessee basketball, or Tennessee Lady Vol uh, basketball overtime. Beano you know, the Great, the question for you is, and then we go back to the phones. Some of the questions we have about Hypo that have been raised, and our friend in South Carolina just raised one. You raised a couple on the blog. I'll raise some Tuesday. When do we start getting answers? What, what's a fair point to start looking at something and going, okay, this is a f- definitive answer?
8: Dang, Tony, you give me all my questions. Uh, you know, the recruiting question um, is a little bit pushed back uh, because of COVID, and when you're gonna, you know, soon you're gonna be back to the point where you got guys that are four, uh, five to play four, uh, which we're accustomed to. Um, uh, I, you know, and we're the first ones that are gonna see a, a hypal team that is totally made up of he and his staff's recruits. So, you know, I, I think within the next two years, we'll know much more about what kind of roster constructor um, Heupel is. Um, uh, the, the others, Tony, I, 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 you know, obviously, we if, if we don't see any movement at all on the staff in the next two years, that's either a really good thing or a really bad thing so I, I don't know that that's a hard it's it's hard to to put a time frame on any of that stuff I hey think. And
9: Matt what's your answer to that when, when do we start you think drawing conclusions here uh, I, I I mean we've already
11: started drawing some um I don't I don't. I. I don't know. I, I. just think it's such a year-to-year deal, and there's so much evolving within the sport that it's hard to, to kind of finalize some of that stuff. I mean, I just think you have to. You just have to constantly evolve as the sport does. That's wild. And hopefully, Heupel's able to do that.
9: He literally got here, and the sport completely changed, which changes everything we believe about this job, everything we believe about college football. Now. The truism that I'm always going to go with is, because people say, well, Nick Saban, this, Nick Saban. Nick Saban's a great coach because he has the best players. And it is that simple. He's a great coach because he has the best players, and he knows it. Because he was in that NFL, and he knew what that thing was like when he didn't have the best players, and he was getting his rear end handed to him, to the phones we go. And that's why Saban would win anywhere he went, because he would never sleep till he had the best roster. It's just who he is. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're on the Friday edition. Beano Jeff Henderson's brought a great, great question to our airwaves today, and and we are uh, wrestling with it here.
21: Hey, Tony. Josh, your boy. Wings. I wanted to add a late sports graver in. Billy, I get tired of uh, you talking about your uh, women of age.
9: Are you talking about Titans, Bill? You have a grievance with yeah. Bill? Yep. That's a that's a radio show tradition there. Um, Got to have that kind of heat in here. That's all right. Uh, so what else is on your mind today, brah?
21: And uh, I wanted to say Merry Christmas to you, Tom, Laura, Anthony, and your daughter, and Matt, Brian, and Beano Merry Christmas.
9: Tom. Oh, man, we love you, Josh. But uh, I'm, co- I'm coming to get some produce today.
21: Tony, uh... I was talking with uh, Bino on the phone last night off the air.
9: Now, that's a meeting of the alleged minds, if ever yeah. there was one.
21: He's uh, going to be on Ohio State against Missouri, and uh, we're going to be That's, his, hit, that's his... be I'd be
9: careful with him and his stupid power rating. Bino doesn't have any picks. He just takes off takes his power rating. Bino, is that your that's... pick or the power rating, Bino? What's that? Is that your pick
8: or the power rating? Tony, I told you before, I use that power Say, rating on just about every I'm one. butthurt right
9: now over this <laughs> yeah, this turn of events.
8: You know, what what Joshie's talking about, though, is oh. one thing that I like, and it, it certainly doesn't always work, but generally it's a pretty good percentage. You find a traditional power, like a State, and all of a sudden, Missouri, I don't care what their roster says, yep. all of a sudden, Missouri's laying points to them. I'm playing Ohio State every single, solitary time. I mean,
9: it makes sense because it's such a game of brands. And and until Missouri gets on the field and does it to you Bino, it's, it's a really good point. Like, in my mind's eye, even though I know Ohio State doesn't have a quarterback, it looks like the layup last night's game was, Bri. Even yeah. though, I mean, it just looks like layup – Things in college football, when they're too good to be true, guess what they are? They're too good to be true, Josh. <laughs> Buyer beware on any of these bowl games, t- as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Buyer beware. Do you know who is that uh,
21: backup for Ohio State going to throw to if uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.
8: does off the out? Yeah. Good question. Uh, Josh, look up at those recruiting ratings every year.
9: He's speaking the truth. <laughs> Carnell Tate's on that roster. He is speaking the truth.
8: Ohio yeah. State. They're... Their third-team guy is going to be as good as, generally, Missouri's best. Uh, Our best at this point, yes. Uh,
21: Not better
9: than Luther Burden. Well, he's making excellent points. Tell me the truth there,
8: Bino. Burden could be as good an athlete as they've seen in that league all year. Most teams can afford to lose players. They ain't Syracuse. They're not going to have a tight end out there playing for. That was the
21: most funniest thing ever last
9: night. What's that, Josh? That
21: tied in playing quarterback for Syracuse.
9: Uh, That was really funny, yeah. That would have been really funny funny if I was was on the other side, like Brian Hartman. uh,
21: Like Bino out there uh, swinging through strikes at softball games.
10: Goal! What's uh, What's Ohio State's quarterback thinking wanting to play for Syracuse after watching that game last night?
9: Well, he's thinking, I guess they need a quarterback. He's thinking I can suck like I did last year, and and, yeah. and Jack Frost ain't gonna be nipping at my heels. Or does he nip at your toes? Where's Jack Frost nip at? Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. So, uh, Jack Frost nipping at my what is it, Beano? is it my nose or my toes? For me, I always hear nose. Think it's nose. I think that's right because my nose is very large. I Think it's nose. Tony.
21: Do they still have a chance on uh, getting that Stewart kid from uh, A&M, that wide receiver?
9: I will quote the great Larry Vaught. There's always a chance.
21: Is he going to take a visit or no chance probably?
9: Uh, there's a Rimmer. Rimmer. I'm trying to run that down.
21: but That would be a really, really good pickup.
9: That'd be pretty exciting. I'll say that.
21: Yeah. If you get him, the chance of Brew coming back is unlikely, right?
9: If they get Stewart, no. Why, why would you say that? No, I don't, I don't know if, he, if one's related or one's related or the other. Yeah, I say keep upgrading, keep upgrading, keep upgrading. You have the budget. You got a great quarterback. Go for it. Yep, that's what it's there for.
21: I got a question for Matt Dixon. Matt, did uh, did you see that guy on Twitter? I can't think of his name. It was either this morning or last night. He uh, tweeted out his teams, his eight teams, that he likes to get to Omaha, and Tennessee wasn't included in that, and he said it, it was very close, though.
9: How about that, Matt? We're, we're on the Omaha cut line again. That's good news. Well,
10: I saw one that had Tennessee included in there. It you had li- five other SEC teams. You yeah. had Georgia, no Florida, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Arkansas, and Tennessee, and Omaha.
9: Hey, Dixie, you lose all those players, and you're still going to tell me that you're in that rare air right there? You think that guy's doing a job, Dixon? Come on.
11: Yeah, recruits an elite roster every year. Every year, a great base. He
10: ain't
9: playing.
21: The guy's name uh, is Noah Darlin, who tweeted
9: that out. Well, Noah, oh, my darling, needs a step off. And, Josh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry T- Christmas. To the radio listener, I love you. I appreciate you. Hope you have a great day.
1: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee,
10: WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.